Welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. This is Don with the Breaking Wax Podcast. Uh, today I have Justin, aka Cedar Hollows, on Instagram. And today we're just going to be talking about him, um, what he does in the hobby, how he collects, um, maybe a, a little bit about him on what he does for a living, and because he's got a really cool story. Um, and he, about where he lives and what he does. Um, but yeah, Justin, if you want to introduce yourself and, and say a couple of things. Yeah, cool. Thanks a lot for having me, first of all. Um, it's a very cool, cool thing you're doing. And I'm honored to follow two guys that are like, you know, really have their finger on the pulse of things. I'm kind of a bit of a Wild West collector at the moment. Um, my name is Justin Kramer. I uh, am originally from New Jersey. I uh, spent some time living in New York before moving to Doha, Qatar. Um, I came out here 12 years ago for uh, to help set up the first film festival through Tribeca Film Festival based out of New York and uh, never left. Um, I have a small commercial production company here called The Film House. And we do all kinds of cool projects and actually some not so cool projects, but uh, I can't <laughs> complain too much. That's awesome. What, um, so what's your official title? The, and the only reason I ask is I, I have a friend in the film industry and um, a mutual friend of ours always introduces him as a cameraman and he gets super pissed and chapped about it because he's a director. So I guess, you know, what, what's your official title? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, my official title is I'm the CEO of the film house. So okay. for, for the company, I'm the CEO. But then when it comes to project by project thing, I'm either a producer or a director. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so that's what uh, my buddy Matt, he gets like, I mean, he gets pissed for real. And my other buddy, he always like any chance he gets, he's like, oh, yeah, he just does something with the camera. And, he get, and, and my other friend, to his credit, has one like... Uh, awards you know like what did he, he won um sundance film festival like documentary of the year and like different things like that so, so he gets super pissed when you're like yeah he's just a camera guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny the way that people in the film industry work too i mean we we're very uh guarded because you have to work so long to get to to the certain title you have and i guess it's kind of like a military thing in a way it's like you you don't want to call a general a cadet or something right, like that. I don't, right, I don't right, even right. know if those are terms. But... Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, no, very similar. You know, like you paid your dues. You earned the right to be the director. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to go by that, right? Not just the camera guy. In the uh, immortal words of Snoop Dogg, you paid the cost to be the boss. 100%. 100%. But that's a... Uh, I'm, I'm actually really thankful and I'm glad you're able to come on. So you were... When I got back into the hobby two years ago, you were the first person I did a trade with and the first yeah. person I interacted with on Instagram. Um, and this was from my personal account, which I try to keep separate from my, my card hobby stuff. But um, what what card was that? It was a Topps Triple Thread Triple Auto um, that I actually got in a... It was the first break I ever did, too. It was with Indie Card Exchange. and It was a Phillies yeah, card. Yeah. I don't it remember was, who's uh, on it though. I think it was Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, and Aaron Nola. Yep, that. Um, yep, that's... yep. And I had I had pulled. I I remember I was on RBI Crew Seven. Um, they were sort of the 
my gateway back into buying and like watching breaks online i mean i watched some stuff on youtube you know the the sort of bigger breakers like uh platinum or one of one and they're on live like every minute of every day at that time so i would watch some of that but i didn't really understand it so much so i i naturally gravitated towards rbi crew seven because it seemed more straightforward it seemed like uh like an lcs you just walk in you buy your box you rip it and you sort of celebrate with the people that are there when you hit and you mope away with your tail between your legs silently when you <laughs> when you miss. Yep, um, yep. And I did uh, I did a box of triple threads on opening day and I pulled the Aaron Judge booklet auto. Yep. And I thought like, holy shit, like is this is this how the hobby is now? Like you open a box and you hit something massive every time. <laughs> and it kind of, you know, it definitely spoiled me for a minute there. But yeah, like you said, you you had that Phillies triple, and uh, me being a Phillies fan and a compulsive buyer of Phillies cards, I couldn't help myself but try to pry it out of your hands. And uh, I knew, yeah, obviously you were you were liking the Yankees, and it just yep. seemed like a natural fit. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very interesting. So I, I for whatever reason. I was like, you know, I collected cards when I was a kid, um, the comic books and all the other stuff we've talked about in the other podcasts. But I was like, man, Luca's doing great. Trey Young's doing great. We got all these young guys in the NBA. I was like, man, I want to get back into collecting cards. And I, I simply Google searched card shop um, <laughs> and Indie Card Exchange popped up on the Google search. And I, I actually called their shop and was like, listen. I see you guys have breaks on your website. I don't even know what that is or what it means. And whoever answered the phone explained it to me. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this blindly, like blind faith. And then I got spoiled too because I hit that massive Phillies card. And next thing I know, I had this guy DMing me asking about it, which was you. <laughs> um, and I just, I remember I was like, man, I don't trust anybody online, but I remember you were like, this is my personal account. Um, I, I definitely want to make the trade. And I was like, the only way I'll do it is if you send first. And then I told you about who I was and what I do professionally. And you were like, okay, let's do it. So that was the first yeah. trade I did. And I, I, I love the trades. Um, Me too, man. I, I think that that's sort of like, I don't know. It, it, not only is it like a nostalgic thing where, you know, I used to go over and trade stuff with my cousin, but I think, just naturally my dad is sort of like um, a wheeler dealer in a way like I grew up him going to auctions like usually like live animal auctions or like tractor auctions or something and he would come home I mean I have hilarious stories about my dad coming home from auctions they were usually up in uh, Pennsylvania like the Amish have auctions all the time and um, I remember one time specifically we woke up and we would always be excited when my dad went to the auction because he might come home with a new pet. And we ended up with like everything you could imagine, chinchillas, hedgehogs, fucking turkey. I mean, you name it, we had it. And uh, we woke up one morning and it was, I remember it was snowing out and it was freezing cold. And my dad was like, oh, I got you guys something that's out in the truck. Just go grab it. It's in a, it's in a, like an old feed bag. And we're like super pumped to go out there and find it. But what we found was a uh, 
probably a two and a half, maybe three foot long iguana wow. that had it had froze to death out in my dad's truck because he forgot about it because I guess he had been drinking the night before. <laughs> it was the, it was like a giant iguana popsicle. And uh, yeah, my yeah, my dad would come home with weird shit. Like he he bought a hearse at one point and he was like he pulled the back out of him, added a seat, and he would drive us to school in that thing, and it was kind of embarrassing but also kind of cool. Um, you know, he would find out that the local I don't know, local feed store or something was going out of business, but they were also a hardware store. So he'd buy a junk car just to fill it with the contents of that store. <laughs> I mean, we just had crazy shit coming in and out of our house all the time because of that. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that that like, you know, he would trade with people uh, who would trade anything. And right. I, I kind of love that. Like, you know, the barter system kind of, me too. I don't know, it feels like it reconnects me to something. Well, you know, so before I ask, but what, what did your dad do with all that stuff? Like the animals and stuff, <laughs> he, would he just use it as other trades or you guys just had like funny farm at your house? I mean, it was, it was fuck man, it was very much a funny farm at some point. Um, I don't know, I mean, he, he would have... I don't know, reflecting back on it, like when I talk to him about it now, he he always used to tell me like, for example, he would buy like a goat because he like it wouldn't be, the bid would be super low and he would see like a bunch of guys that he thought were going to eat the goat. So he would like, quote unquote, <laughs> save, save the right, thing. Right. And the next thing you know, it's, you know, tied up in the back of our yard and you know, this goat stayed with us for probably 15, 16 years, and he would feed it brandy, and it would get drunk and fucking headbutt its house down, and I mean, it was wild. I mean, I grew up in, like, this this crazy sort of, uh, it wasn't really a farmland yet. I think my, my parents moved to a farm much later, but it was kind of suburban, but in the middle of nowhere, and yeah, it was just bizarre. I, I I grew up probably in the opposite um, dimension than I should have. No, but I mean, it's uh, it contributes to who you are, right? And because you had oh, that experience sure. as a kid, like, that's probably why you like the trading and the bartering. I mean, for me, so I try not to talk about anything personal. And I, so far, I really haven't. But my, my mother's Korean. And um, as a kid, my dad was in the Army. And we would go to Korea any chance we could and uh, bartering and arguing with people at the market is like essential. And it's a, it's a part of a lot of people's lives that don't live in America. Right. That's like in a lot of other countries, you can still barter and trade things. Um, So I would, I would watch my mom just get into heated discussions with like ladies over like eggplant. And I remember back then, like my dad didn't speak Korean and I did. And he'd be like, what is going on? Can your mom just pay for the eggplants or whatever it is and then get out of here? <laughs> and it was like such a point that my mom would not, she would never pay full price. Um, I love that. But, you know, and then for me, tr- like as a kid, I traveled for surfing um, like all over the world. And, and we did, we would barter, like we had sponsors. So I would have free clothes, watches and stuff. And as a teenager, like I would trade shirts boards and things for beer dinners 
whatever <laughs> whatever you could think of like in Costa Rica, Mexico and all these places. It was just it's always been like a part of my life, I guess, and with cards it's it's sweet because you might not think highly of a card, but somebody else might and they might have something you really want, just like our first exchange and it was like a perfect Absolutely. exchange. I mean, the, I, I, to this day, the best trade I've ever made was uh, that Obsidian Patriots break through Adam Frankenstein, and I traded I traded that to you for that Kobe auto relic, which yep. I still <laughs> I still I feel like I still owe you, and I need to put something in the mail for you. Um, nah, nah, it's all good. I think I I got you back at one point, right? We uh, I think we made a couple trades over Christmas, and I think I got the Kobe tops rookie off you and you know, the next week it fucking quadrupled in value. I think, I think that's part of the, the beauty of it. Like I don't, I don't have a, a sentimental attachment to a lot of things. And, you know, like you said, if, if there's somebody that wants that more than you do, like I, at the time when I hit that Kobe was alive and right. it, you know, I'm not a huge basketball guy. Um, I respect you know, the big names in basketball, and I watch a little bit of it. I'm a Sixers fan, quote-unquote, but, you know, it's you can't have regrets about stuff that you like. No, go. no, not and at all. You're going to come out on the, on the winning side sometimes and losing on the other side. Like, when I was a kid, I used to just trade anything. So I remember one time my mom had brought me, um, like, a brand-new pair of Chuck Taylors. They were, like, crispy, right? And I went to school... And I'll never forget these kids. Their name, their last name was Caruso, and they were twins, Tony and Gus. They were like, and they were like the most popular kids in my class. And uh, Gus and I, he had on, he had some Jordans, and I never owned any Jordans. And I was like, Yo, I'll trade you my my new shoes for your beat up Jordans. And he was like, Deal. And I came home wearing those Jordans, and my mom went fucking crazy on me. She was so <laughs> upset. She. And I always seem to come out on the losing end of deals. Like I traded my dad, my, my dad bought me um, like the entire Ninja Turtles action figure set. And uh, one day I went over to my neighbor's house and he pulled out his cards and he had that tops Mark McGuire rookie card, you know, the USA Jersey yep. one. And he had a couple of Larry birds and I was like, I really want them. So I traded the entire, uh, action figure set for those cards and my dad was yeah he was heated at me he was like i'm never buying you anything again because you're just going to trade it for some shit and i was like now nah, <laughs> you don't understand this is like this mark mcguire card is like at least a hundred dollars he's like do you know how much money i spent on those fucking figures <laughs> it was way more than a hundred dollars yeah so yeah I, I mean but it was it's whatever you liked most you know what i mean right like, I don't, right i don't mind no i yeah and to rehash the, the Christmas deals, I think there was like three weeks worth of stuff I either sold or traded to you that quadruples frame. And I was like, damn, Justin made out great. Especially on the Bobby <laughs> Witt, especially on the Bobby Witt stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but then again, okay, this is this is something interesting to talk about too, because you know, with these like the way that the market trends and you know, the one hot game effect on players yep. and their card values people you know people can make a fortune on that and they can mm -hmm. they can really ride that wave now i'm sort of the opposite because i'm only home in the states like twice a year and right. uh 
when I get home, I have this, what I call the mountain, which is, I mean, bless my mom. She receives the mail every day and every day she sends me a message. She's like, Justin, four more things arrived. Justin, five more things arrived. Justin, when is it going to stop? <laughs> and, right. and then I get to go through it all in a sort of marathon opening session. Um, and then it just sits, you know, and, and there are so many times where I watch the trends sort of hit a peak and roll right past me because I don't have access to my cards in time mm. to like, to, to sell them at the peak of the, of right. the value. And I think, I also think that that's, that's really interesting coming off the back of the last two podcasts you've done. Like Brandon, you know, he is like the king of finding that trend and sort of like, I don't want to say exploiting because that's not really the right word. That sounds a bit negative, but, but making sure he maximizes the potential on a card and he's like right. not, not sentimental about it, you know, it comes in, it goes out for a profit and that's, that sort of sustains his hobby. And, and I'm the opposite where I just buy, 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 and then hold, 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 even if it's unintentional. So right. I, yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I'm probably on the minority side of the way the hobby works now, but you know, I, I really enjoy it because it gives me something to look forward to when I come home beyond obviously like family time and everything like that, which I love so much. And I love being home on the farm and, and hanging out and disconnecting from desert life. But right. uh, as I mean, I guess I just one day I'm going to have to try and cash out on stuff. I know I'm going to miss the, the peak dollar, but whatever. I enjoy right. it as it, as it goes along. No, I, and you have, a great collection like you said uh i think you said spontaneous but you do have like i mean when you were home i tried to watch when you were live as much as i could but i, I mean would, would it take you a week to open all that stuff <laughs> it felt like a year um but i mean my, my wife probably hated me during christmas because she would put my daughter down to sleep and she'd stay up with my mom and watch uh, like murder documentaries and I would go down into the basement every night and get a cup of tea, go down there, sit down, start the live up and just open shit up and, and, you know, just trying to sell stuff as I went, stuff that I knew I had no use for. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm like a, I'm a big PC guy. You know, I think I've always been a collector of things, you know, whether it was comic books growing up, like I, I still have all of them. And I was, I wasn't like a, a comic book nerd. You know what I mean? I didn't really right. read the comic books very often. Um, I would buy them fresh from the comic book store, put them directly in a sleeve with the, with the cardboard back and put them in my box and try and keep them in perfect condition. I would do the same with all kinds of stuff, action figures, never open them. Um, everything to like Wheaties boxes. And I mean, I still have Wheaties boxes in my closet of my childhood room <laughs> in my folks' house. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a bit of obsessive in that way. Like I, I find one thing and I just keep trying to get too. all of it. Yeah. No, but so what is, uh, but I guess it's fine, right? Cause your dad would collect things and get stuff. So I mean, to your parents, is it just like, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I think they also see it like 
you know, they see that there is uh, there is money involved. Oh, Reese Hoskins hit a homer tonight. Nice. So nice. I was just watching the, ga- the game just ended. And, I mean, if we're talking about PC, I should talk about uh, Reese Hoskins because technically speaking, he's the reason why I'm back in this as much as I am. Um, I When my wife was pregnant, I was absolutely positive we were having boy i don't know what right. it was i think it was my my sister-in-law was pregnant at the same time they live just down the street from us you know they my wife and my sister-in-law sort of shared this pregnancy together and they had wildly different pregnancies and you know you hear all these myths about like oh if your nose gets bigger it's a boy if you have heartburn it's a boy if you have this right so we were we were convinced we were having a boy and i thought you know, I had been buying cards every now and again for for the past like ten years or so, like something one random cool thing that I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, I don't plan on collecting cards again, but right, um, I'll just pick that up or like you know, I I got I got really interested into like the big auction houses and I bought a really cool old Babe Ruth card and then I bought nice. Mike Schmidt's um, high school Letterman jacket and. And just stuff that I thought was really cool to own. And Reese Hoskins was just, um, he came into the league and I'm a big Phillies fan and he was crushing homers. And he was like, everybody was like, all of a sudden, holy shit, like the Phillies have an amazing player again. So I, I found a really cool card online. I bought it. And then when my wife was pregnant, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start building a Reese Hoskins collection for my son. <laughs> and you know he'll have this thing down the road, and obviously this guy's gonna be a fucking hall of famer <laughs> based on a small sample size. And, right. And I was super pumped about him. So I swear to God, like even while my wife was in labor, I was sitting by the bed in the hospital on eBay buying up Reese Hoskins cards and like thinking, yeah, my son's gonna love this, so this is gonna be great. And then lo and behold they held the baby girl up and i was like oh fuck like (laughs) i hope she's a phillies fan you know i hope reese hoskins does something otherwise she's not going to college for no reason instead of some reason (laughs) right 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 i you know with the kids it's tough because um i'm i'm like a diehard gators fan i'm a yankees fan and there's a whole story as to why because i'm from florida originally um but you know i'm a jags fan I grew up liking the Raiders because of Bo Jackson when I was a kid, but I, I found that my kids don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, if my team's on, that's what I want to watch. Like, diehard Orlando Magic fan, and um, my kids could care less. That you know, yeah, but, yeah, but you, your son is into skateboarding and stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pick the, up on other the things. sporty things. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it sort of bleeds down in some weird way somehow, maybe later down the road they'll be like actually this this was really fucking cool like i want to get i want to get my uh my dad's collection yeah so are you still collecting reese hoskins actively or just here and there <laughs> um well i mean it's hard to say to be honest because i have this uh i don't know i think it's like a sickness in a way where if someone hits me up and I think, you know, over the past couple of years, people, I, I guess I've sort of grown a name for myself on Instagram or whatever. And people 
know that I'm like the Reese Hoskins guy. And <laughs> I get hit up, you know, daily by people like, yo, I got some Reese Hoskins. You buying, you buying. I'm like, well, I'm not really buying, but let me see what you got. And then right. they send me something that I'm like, oh, that's just stone cold. Cool. I got to buy it. Um, but I think, I mean, I think besides like one of ones and, and some random cards like SSPs or something like that, I think I have every Reese Hoskins card that's been made. Um, so, and is multiples any, of them. Is there anybody else with a large Reese Hoskins collection that you know of, or you think you're... Well, they've... <laughs> I mean, I would love to say that loads of people do, but I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think people, people aren't that crazy. I know there was one guy based out of the UK, actually, weirdly. I mean, there was a guy yeah, called Reese Hoskins UK, and uh, he, he, had, he had some really cool cars, and he had but he had loads of rainbows, like full rainbows of stuff. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, wow, this, you know, this is really cool. So I, I was in touch with him. We would share, you know, pictures of the new cards we picked up. And there's also a Japanese collector called, uh, I think his name was, it, it's a deer, something, something like that. And he had, he had some really cool stuff and he was chasing the sort of rare one of one stuff. And, you know, the, the low end or the low numbered parallels, and we sort of always talk to each other. And then the UK, the UK guy, he, I guess he fell on some hard times and he was trying to get married. So he wanted to liquidate his whole collection. Right. And what? I bought out all of his rainbows. So the UK guy you did? The, yeah. Yeah. And Holy cow. He, he actually, he changed his, uh, he changed his handle to it. I guess he went full Pokemon, and, uh, which I was like, okay, so Reese Hoskins shit the bed, and now you're on the on the Charizard, you know. <laughs> so whatever. So I'll... I, yeah. So I I actually you know I know that about you, right? As far as the Reese Hoskins things go, so I I have purposely not sent you Reese Hoskins stuff when I see it, but maybe I should again. Like the uh, <laughs> the other day, I was in. I I don't do breaks anymore, hardly ever. If I do buy anything, it's singles, um, but. Insta trading cards, Eric. Um, he yep. just he did a tier one break, and maybe somebody sent it to you, but somebody hit a Reese Hoskins bat knob in that break. Yeah, I bought it. Okay, yeah. see, and that's why, I, <laughs> and that's why, and that's why I didn't send it to you, but I figured you saw it. Honestly, oh, that's, yeah, that's know, amazing. J Ru, was the first person to send me that, and he was like, he was like, yo, this just got hit, and I was like, I don't want to look, I don't want to look because I know I'm going to spend money. Like I'm trying not to. I really, you know, I've really scaled things back a lot. Like I, I was like, a, yeah, I mean, I think I became like a bit of a breakaholic and I think it's really easy to get sucked into that, like the sort of gambling uh, aspect of it. And, and I, I, over Christmas, I realized like what a sickness it was and that, you know, more often than not, you're not hitting and right. you start to look at, you know, early on, I didn't, I didn't really track my spend versus the value of what I hit. It was kind of just like the fun of it, you know? And, right, and if you hit, right. you hit, that's great. If not, then, and the next thing you know, like if you have an addictive personality, like this can get really dangerous for you and you, you end up 100%. spending a lot more than you want and maybe beyond your means. And I think people get sucked in and I certainly did at some point. And uh, luckily realized the error of my ways but I still, every now and again, I'll jump in a break. Like, 
there's some breakers that you know I really like and personally and when yep. they have a break going on sometimes it's just like oh, I'll just fill this for you or you know they'll hit me up and like oh do you want the fillies I'll hold them for you and then I'm like yeah fuck it go ahead throw me in there Why not? right right yeah um, I, I'm the same way I, I don't uh box prices have gone it's just ridiculous I, like I was thinking about this earlier because you know I knew we were going to talk today so I think you know history repeats itself and I, it's sad to say and I could be totally wrong here this is just my opinion but I feel like not that we're getting the junk wax error back but I feel like everyone struck while the iron was hot um card shops panini tops everybody you know and you can see that just by the pricing of everything and then now that we're seeing this everyone's calling it a correction right we're seeing prices come down a little bit box prices are coming back down a little bit too it's kind of like man it can always sustain so much when lamello ball rookie cards are outselling zion luca jaw you know that's just my example it's kind of fucking ridiculous yeah i think i mean i think that's insane i i try to i've i've historically tried to stay away from basketball as much as possible because if i find that basketball i mean even though they're like probably the biggest gains to be made in the short term um it's just so volatile and like i don't watch basketball enough to have my finger on that pulse and i don't want to i don't want to also have my finger in too many pies you know what i mean like i i watch baseball you know like a madman and baseball starts at like two o'clock in the morning here. So I set my alarm and I wake up to watch baseball and, um, and I watch football and, you know, something I, I think we could talk about too is I watch a lot of soccer because in this region, soccer is obviously the number one sport. And, you know, out here in Qatar, we have the 2022 world cup coming up and, you know, the, soccer market is huge like you can turn on the tv here at any given time of day and there's a soccer game whether it's last night's game a historic game a game in some random league that you never knew existed um and then of course all the like arab world games which you know people absolutely love soccer and they love wwe for some reason i don't don't understand that (laughs) really that's that's, in the middle east wwe is huge man it's fucking nuts i never saw that one coming to be honest yeah soccer yes but wwe weird man they love it they absolutely love it so are you um so i know for a while there you were doing the um, with Tony and Edge card breaks. Is he still doing breaks? I don't. I don't get on late anymore. But are you still doing like the all night? Not really. Well, the, I think the the thing about Edge um, Tony. I don't know why I call him Edge, but Edge card breaks on Instagram. He he and I he touched base with me a long time ago, and the way our relationship started was he is a huge Edgar and James fan, like a a super collector of Edgar and James. And huh. I, I was doing a lot of um, Obsidian football breaks and Spectra. Um, and this was like the Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, like that class. Right. And um, he would he would pop in the room and see me in breaks. And he hit me up and said, listen, if you, if you come across this Edgar and James Obsidian card, I think it was like the red parallel. Um, I need it. It's the only one I need for the rainbow. I have the one of one, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, yeah, man, no doubt. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you. And I, you know, you have these, these sort of interactions on Instagram that sometimes it's one message from someone and you never really talk to them again. And other times you build relationships, I guess, kind of like you and I have. And, right. um, we, we just kept talking and he, he kept telling me, you know, he was thinking about getting into breaking and, and I was like, cool, man, well, you know, mark me down. If you get into breaking, I'll take the a spot in your first break. And, uh, I did, he, he, bro- I think the first thing we broke together was obsidian. And then he started to build this community up and he was like one of the only breakers that was on all night and into right. the morning. So that really worked for me as well, because the time difference, um, I'm seven hours ahead of the East coast, sometimes eight hours ahead. So I would be waking up around the time that he was either going live or like, you know, had just started being live. And, um, we would just fucking stay on live all night, every night and just chatting shit and talking sports. And then that's right. evolved that he, he started getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we, um, he was in touch with Phil Hughes from Phil's polls and Phil started coming in and Phil and I started doing like nightly wars of Sapphire and just going crazy ripping, ripping, ripping everything all the time. And Tony was getting more and more product in all the time. And I mean, that probably got a little bit out of hand for sure, but I love Tony and like Tony and I talk all the time. He's, he's a good friend of mine. He's, he's still breaking. He's slowed down quite a bit. Um, he hasn't. He goes. He goes live almost every night, and there's it, it. The the room has sort of transformed into like a gentleman's club. I like to call it. But I mean, yeah, no, I noticed. There's I no, noticed. There's no gentlemen in there. We're all dickheads in some way. But you know, it. He's got a Zoom going, so everybody's on Zoom while he does. You know, the occasional break, uh, or his live is just very uh, a, a table that you're looking at for ages and you hear people playing PlayStation or <laughs> something. Or, you just um, this. or poker too, right? Weren't you guys playing poker? Yeah, yeah, poker. There was a, there was a time where video, or not video poker, I sound super old, uh, <laughs> online poker. Um, and there was even a, a period of time where he would be on chat roulette, which was absolutely hilarious because every now and again, you'd be, you'd do a break and you'd be, he'd <laughs> be flipping through some bone and then all of a sudden it'd be like, Oh, there's a naked lady or dick, 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 dick. Oh, there's yeah. a person. <laughs> it's like really, really bizarre dynamic for a breaker. Right. But no, I, I, I found that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I found that to be like quite a cool thing. Cause like it, it combined the hobby and, you know, just, you know, being the stupid guy. It was like a man cave, but like online. Right. Right. No, I I remember checking in there because I knew you'd be in the live and then um and then I remember like waking up to go to the gym and you guys would still be in the live and I'd be like, Holy smokes, I don't know how like you I get, right? You're seven hours ahead, but everybody yeah. else that's in there all night, I'm like, I have no idea what these people do for a living, but it's crazy. crazy. I mean Tony Tony's full he's full time breaker. Um yep. and he yeah, he, I think that was like his, he found that, that hole in the market of like the all night people, because I mean, people, the funny thing is too, like 
the riffraff that comes in at certain times. You know, at, in the early days, right. you'd have like the guy who was absolutely shit faced drunk coming in, wanting to rip something, and then getting all pissed off when he doesn't hit something, and if we get an argument, or you know, the weirdos of the night, <laughs> the people who stay up all through the night. Yeah, you know, right. They all came in and out there. You meet some fucking characters, man. Like, I, I just know people. The three con- consistent people was always you, Phil Hughes, and um, Tony. I'm, I'm Tony is a super nice guy. I don't know him very well, but I've I've always been super impressed that anyone that joins his live, he knows their name. You know, every time I join, it doesn't matter if it's now or six months ago or six months in the future. He's always like, "Hey, Don, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, I don't know how yeah, to know everybody's name." You know. I think he's like an idiot savant or something, you know, like he, 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 he'll remember everyone's name, but he'll be flipping through cards and won't remember the, the hit from a box. Did we even hit anything? I don't even know. I mean, he's, yeah. uh, he's hilarious, man. I love that guy. And I, I highly recommend, even if it's just once popping in and listening to what goes on in there, because it's, it's wild. Gosh, maybe we need to get him on here. Um, you should, man. I think he, he's him. a really funny one. He'll, uh, he's got a unique perspective. And he, to be honest, like the dude is, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to like stats. And, you know, he gets very heated when it talk when you say, you know, a hot take or something like I'll say, because uh, I know how to get under his skin. So I play the heel role, you know, I'm like, right. the, the, I'm the Trevor Bauer of that room. Even though, like, you know, on the side we talk on the phone and nothing, but I'll I'll throw out a comment like, uh, "Philip Rivers is trash," and then it's like, "Trash, trash." What do you mean, trash? Is this that and that's that? What do you think about that? How do you, you know? It's like, dude, oh, chill out. <laughs> that's that's funny. You actually do a really good impression of his voice. <laughs> he oh man, it's funny because I do impressions of his voice all the time. He gets all mad, and, <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he's a good friend, and like you know, we have these these jabs back and forth i call him an albino snake lord because he's got this light in his room that looks like a it's for a lizard's cage and he's like super <laughs> pale and and he he definitely comes back at me i even made a uh what i call a project 20 tony card so during the project 2020 right. i made a custom you know he so that that thing went like through the roof and people were making a ton of money and and it was like you know, a crazy gold rush for a minute there where these Project 2020 cars were like selling massive. And Tony, he was late to the punch and he decided that the time to get in on that was the Keith Shore Griffey. And really? Yeah. So he bought, Ugh. I mean, he must have bought a hundred of these things. And then that was the card that sort of sank that ship. The whole and thing. It was, yeah. That's, it was that's so everyone funny. had that same thought. Yeah, and he he ended up with a hundred of them, not knowing what to do with them. So I I had the, one of the designers that worked for me, like sort of correct that card into being him, and uh, I sent it around to during Christmas. I I mailed it to all the guys in the group, and revealed it to him like after everyone had already seen it. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I'll have to send you a picture of it. He's, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, he's, and it's got like a an albino snake wrapped around a Lipton Brisk bottle because the guy doesn't drink water. He only drinks Lipton Brisk all the time. Oh my, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
but yeah, edge card breaks on Instagram. But it's a good time. I mean, he's yeah. good people. I know. I know. It's it's always weird too because uh, it's not weird, but like you know, Phil Hughes is in there, and anytime he's in anything, it's like you get a, a weird mix of people like trying to get his attention. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Phil is Phil is an amazing guy. Like he he is super generous. He is super like thoughtful. He's uh, he's a really nice guy, and I'm you know I'm very happy to say that, or at least call him a friend. Hopefully, he thinks the same about me, but. I'm sure he does. Um, it is it is exactly that. Like, you know, he I can't imagine being in that position. You know, he's a World Series winner, beat the Phillies, fuck him. Um <laughs> and uh he you know, they you get these like sort of hanger ons and I think that's kinda natural, like the right. people that wait at, wait in line for autographs at card conventions and shit like that. And, right. And they everybody it's it's almost like you can you can predict what someone's going to ask as soon as they come in. And it's like yep. the same questions over and over. And, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy who will answer your questions for sure, but he's also a total smart ass. So he'll, he's so sarcastic and, you know, people, people who don't know him don't know that about him. So I think some people get rubbed the wrong way or, they think like, well, what a dick. Why isn't he answering my question? It's like, dude, because he gets asked that every fucking day. Like, yeah, by multiple I can't people. imagine that. Exactly. Like, how many times can you hear, hey, who did you not want to face the most? Or like, what's right. the best ballpark to play in? Or, you know, can you tell me a story about Jeter? Like, fuck, dude, that would go nuts. Yeah, I mean, and that's why, to Phil's credit, I guess, right, is a lot of those guys are dickheads. He's not, but a lot of those professional athletes are. Um, they're assholes. Yeah. But this guy, <laughs> I mean, Phil Phil loves the hobby, man. He absolutely lives and breathes cards. He he knows more about them than anybody I know, and and he's like, and he's very giving with that knowledge too. Like, I think the way that you guys are, you and Brandon, and you know Bobby, the way you guys share information and like sort of put somebody on the next thing somebody gets their eye on something like how you guys were talking about, you know, with comics and then the sports illustrated and the ticket stubs and that sort of stuff. Like, I think he's the same way, you know, he'll come yeah. in every now and again and be like, yo, the move is this, like buy, buy this, buy it in bulk, buy this Pokemon trainer card, buy this thing. And you don't have to know anything about it, but you know that you're in safe hands if he's investing in it. I mean, this is the kind of guy who has, you know, the Sapphire Tatis Rainbow. And he has, right. like, just insane cards. Um, oh, I've seen I mean, I've seen his sales. I've, I've never been successful in being, like, whatever the, the bid is or whatever. Like, I've tried. <laughs> I swear hundreds of times, and, like, I never get a card. But there's so many people in there. It's, oh, my God. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he, it's but he, go, he the amount of stuff he rips, whether it's for the channel or just for himself, um, he's got to move stuff, you know, he would right. be, he would be swimming in it. And, uh, I don't know. If, I mean, if, if his family's like my family, but I think if my wife had a, a true idea of how much I have, she'd probably kill me. <laughs> well, I mean, my wife knows cause it's in our guest room and if we, we have, if we have guests, they cannot use the guest room closet. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so. just lock it up. And I and I've been and I've been doing really good about like uh, downsizing and trying to like just hold on to certain pieces. But yeah, it's not easy. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, that's my goal. I'm coming home for the national. Um, I was all geared up for the national in Atlantic City because it was going to be like right in my backyard, essentially. And I could like commute there and back home every day. I didn't have to make a make a big trip out of it. And now it's in Chicago in at the end of July. And, uh, you know, Tony and Phil and we're all going. Phil's going to have a booth there. Um, maybe help out as much as I can. And also I'm going to unveil a, a project that, um, it's mainly Phil's doing based on a throwaway comment that I made one night on the live. And, and he was like, that's a great idea and we're doing it. And, uh, he oh, sort cool. of drove, drove this project that, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous and insane and hilarious but uh, I can't say too much. But if you're at the national, look for me. It's gonna be hard to miss me. I'll say that. And, okay. And uh, um, I, my intention is very much to come home this time and liquidate probably sixty percent of everything that's there. Um, right. I just, you know, I, I love cards and I love having them and everything. But I don't get the satisfaction of like being able to just open a box and like go through my stuff and like look at cards and all through the year I do that twice a year only and I feel like it's kind of a disservice to the cards and like there are people that would probably love the stuff that I have and it's just yeah yeah can you hear me yep yeah it like faded for a second so you you were saying it was a disservice yeah I was saying it's a bit of like a disservice to the cards themselves I think like they could be in the hands of someone who would love them and like put it on a shelf and look at it right. every day instead of, instead of it sitting in the three row in my, in the basement of my parents' house or something. So I also yeah. think it's time that I, I focus a bit more. So I have, I've been trying to do that and focus on certain things that I really want and certain things that I think will stand the test of time. And I, I'm sort of moving more into the, the vintage world and, um, and soccer. I mean, I think the soccer yeah. market, soccer market to me is like the most exciting at the moment. I have the most access to soccer. Right. Um, I guess my AirPods just died. So if it sounds a little bit different, I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I, I noticed it a little bit, but we're good. Um, no, I think that's a, a good move into the, the vintage stuff. And, um, it's hard you know it's hard to let go um but i think you know you and i we talked about how we both kind of jumped back into the hobby again two years ago and and for me and just like you i was just ripping everything you know everything was new everything was new so it was like i was learning all the sets again and what the different sets were and then now two years it's easier for me to be like you know i don't I don't like gold label or I don't like yeah, um, tier tier one or, you know, th- just the things that I was buying before. Like I can't stand Chronicles. I know people like it because it has the prism in it now. Um, I'm not a fan of the contenders optics. So I, I won't rip any of those or even buy singles of it, but I know people love them. I yeah. just, I, but now I know what I like and don't like. So uh, yeah, I think that's very important. That's a very important learning. And I, I'm the same way. Like, Honestly, I ripped everything. I was even, for a while, I was even ripping Panini baseball. I didn't know any better. And I was just like, right, you know, I'll, I'll do anything just as long as it's cards. Every release that came out, I had to at least try it. And, 
and now like this year's releases i'm like a total snob about them i'm like you know very i'm like looking at the design of the card and if aesthetically i don't like the way that the, the set is designed i'll just i'll avoid it completely and right um, and also i think you know like you have to look at these things and say, okay, what is the potential return on these? Like if you're ripping a box, that's like a one card box or like, you know, like a a dynasty kind of thing or, or something like that, where you're spending, you know, five, six, seven, 800 bucks on a box of cards and the, the return and you open it up and you hit like a fucking Alex Verdugo relic and a, you know, right. Right. you're like, wow, dude, I am getting absolutely crushed on these. And I think people, you know, everybody's after that next big hit or like, yeah, can you still hear me? Don, you oh, hear me? Yep, yep. I lost you for a second. Okay. Um, uh, you said something yeah, about I mean, getting, I, getting yeah, slaughtered, I think, right? Yeah, you get you get slaughtered on these boxes and then like, it's always about like the next big hit, the next big hit. It's, it's we're like drug addicts at a time, oh, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, I it took me a while to figure figure that out too, right? I think um, my wife was like, "It's a gamble," and I was like, "It is a gamble." Um, I think there's certain ways to go about it, right? And I don't know when we're gonna get away from talking about Brandon, but but uh, <laughs> but you know, but you go after certain certain players and things, and I think it economically or price wise, it only makes sense when a box of Prism football is twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks. I don't even know what they are right now, but I'm just saying. And then if you're only going for Joe Burrow, and it's the same price as one box, and you can do a whole case for just getting the Bengals and you're only after Burrow, then it, it then that to me that makes sense. And yeah, it's worth and it's and it's worth the risk there, right? I think um open up a thousand dollar box of UFC cards um where maybe you only know a handful of guys, I think it's too much of a risk and I'm not interested. So I would rather yeah. just buy, buy a single of somebody I like. And you know, with UFC I gravitate to certain certain guys that I like. Um any of the Korean guys I like. Um, any of the guys from Hawaii I like, but that's just me. I, or, you know, I like, uh, I always like the guys that are talking the most shit. Like, um, I like, <laughs> I like, I like Conor McGregor. I think I said before, like, you know, I'm a Jags fan. So I love Jalen Ramsey when he was on the Jags. I just, yeah, I just, I just always like that. Um, but For sure. yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think you hit on something really important years ago and Chrome F1 was coming out. I probably would have ripped that even though right. I knew nothing about racing and but it was just like the thrill of it or like mm-hmm. ufc for example i've probably watched like two ufc fights ever and i probably would have ripped that and i would have had no idea what i was doing but right it would have been the hot new thing and i would have had to be involved you know and now now it's like dude i don't even i don't rip basketball or football anymore the one actually i ripped two boxes of football this past year one was immaculate i decided out of just a total whim. I was like, I'm going to buy a personal box of immaculate from NZ, watch them rip it live. And I pulled the burrow one of one, um, Nike swoosh auto. And I ended up selling that at golden auction and it, you know, went really well. I was super pumped about that. And I was like, okay, well I'm one and done with football. But then I decided to do one more box, went with NZ. It was when contenders optic came out. And I hit 
a burrow red auto and i was like holy cow like okay i gotta stop while i'm ahead because i also 100 percent. i didn't you know i i think like everybody we chased that rookie class of kyler daniel jones Dwayne haskins those guys so hard and when most of them didn't really pan out like i ended up with a thousand Easton stick cards, you know? Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and <laughs> Me I too. Wanted, I didn't want to do that again, you know? I, I didn't want to chase that fucking dragon, you know what I mean? So, no, fo- football's tough. Like, so I, I have Easton stick. Being a Jags fan, I have a ton of Gardner Minshew high yeah. cards. Um, PSA is fucking me pretty good. So there's like a bunch of. Gardner Minshew card still at PSA from last summer that I haven't gotten back yet. And at this point, I don't, you know, I almost want to tell the bulk grader to keep them because I could care less. I hope they get lost in the mail and you can claim the insurance on them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, football's tough. And I, I think it's, I was actually looking at that today, right? So you said Daniel Jones, Murray, people lost their ass on Drew Locke also. Yeah. But, but Kyler, you know, I think he started off hot, then took a step back. Daniel Jones has been a mess. He's shown glimpses of playing well, but I don't think either one of those guys, the price for them right now, like how they've played, hasn't really warranted their demand. Yeah. So the market the market is kind of weird right now with the price on those guys. I don't know why it's so high. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess with anything, like you're, you're sort of buying potential. Right, like I yeah, think that's why yeah. we love Bowman so much. It's like the potential that this kid, this international kid who's seventeen, with his Bowman first, is gonna be the next big thing. And like, I mean, to be honest, the amount of Bowman that I have is disgusting. And me too. <laughs> but but I kind of love that's I I think I love that because it fits perfectly into the way that I buy and the way I collect because I don't get to hold my cards i don't get to flip them i don't get to do these things so buying bowman is really easy because these kids aren't going to be up for two three four sometimes right. never you know like it these are cards that are easy to sit on and i don't have to worry about like you know hit hit a jdom and sell it immediately no i mean like right hit jdom and hold it why not you know fuck yep. it if it no, doesn't I, pan out it doesn't pan out i think um that's one consistent thing that I probably will always do is I, I like Bowman draft. Yep. I don't, I don't like the other Bowman Chrome and Bowman as much just because it's such a mix of vets and new guys. So I like with that, I'll buy singles, but Bowman draft, I, I'll probably always at least open one jumbo or a hobby box. Um, just cause yeah, like I'm you not. said, you know, it's worth holding um, For sure. and, seeing, and seeing what happens with those guys. But I, like I have a, Dominguez Speckle Auto at PSA that's been on a five-day since February that I haven't seen back yet. Um, and even though I'm a Yankees fan, I, I don't know. It's a tough it's a tough call. Like, I don't know if I move that card for something else for my PC or I just hold it forever. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, yeah, I mean, that's a good predicament to be in, though. You know what I mean? Like, to have, you know, the number one chase card from that product, like, People are going to want that card all the way up into and beyond his entrance into the league. So, I mean, whether his prices stay the way they are and he becomes like the next Mike Trout, like they say he's going to be, or, you know, 
that's impossible. It's totally impossible to predict, but right. I mean, he's showing the skills. You see these these clips of him in you know in the Dominican Republic just going fucking ape shit, hammering balls, and the dude from both like sides a, of the plate. Yeah, he looks like a brick shit house. Like this kid is huge, which which also I think you know it's really interesting to watch the progression of a player. Like I don't watch college football, so right. I I'm not as connected to the players that are in the draft. I, you know, I've never really been into college football and I, my introduction to them is their pro debut, you know? So, right. um, and I mean, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan through and through. And I think that's also part of why I'm not that into buying football cards anymore, because once Brady left and that team fell apart, it sort of demotivated me. And I think the fact that I have so many Jared Stidham cards, my yeah. life nope yeah yeah you hear me yeah it's, so you said when brady left yeah when when brady left the the passion to buy football cards um at least to get into breaks with the patriots who are my favorite team like that went away and also the fact that jared stidham really that that whole thing hurts me i have oh, man. so many jared stidham cards thinking that he was going to be the one that takes over for brady then they signed Cam, and my fucking dreams went up in flames. <laughs> well, I, you know, you weren't one of them, but there was definitely some people on IG that were pumping him, um, Stidham, that is, not on purpose. They just had a hunch about Stidham, and they were completely wrong. But, you know, it is what it is, like. Like I'm I said, holding I, hope. I'm holding out hope that he maybe ends up somewhere else. And, you know, now that they have Mac Jones and they they re-signed fucking Cam Newton. God, I don't understand why. But um, yeah, I'm the same hope, way with Minshew. Yeah, I'm hoping that, like, you know, somebody's in desperate need of a quarterback and the Patriots deal him for something. You know, Bill Belichick always has a way of, like, pulling some random talent in and uh, making it work. Obviously not last year, but you know historically. No, but I so I think, but I think Stidham wasn't it wasn't a bad bet, you know, only because if you look historically, right, they have a history of finding these quarterbacks like Garoppolo, um, Castle, right? It was a Castle yep. was his name, right? So like yep. these guys that weren't highly touted or rated high, and then they they stepped in for Tom when he got hurt or whatever happened, and and played exceptionally well and. So I don't think Stidham was a bad bet. Um, I, think, I still think that that's why that, that argument about, you know, is it Belichick or is it Brady was so interesting because right. at that time it looked like it was the system that Brady created, you know. It, I mean, the system that Belichick created that was like, you know, you couldn't fail as a QB. And, you know, Matt Castle's a great example. The dude went buck wild when Brady went out and then got this huge contract and shit the bed elsewhere. And Jimmy G... You know, he, I think he's still, he's still quite a talented QB, but, you know, his, his moment in the sun was filling in yeah. for Brady. And I yep. don't know that, that he'll, he'll live up to that again. But then that, that was why people were like, no, it's definitely Belichick. It's not Brady. It's anybody. Well, but then, I mean, I, I was guilty of it. I think, you know, that last, I wanted my last image of Tom Brady being that pick sick and pick six playoffs <laughs> with the Pats, you know. <laughs> That's what I wanted it to be, and when he signed with Tampa, I was like, "Who cares? You know, who cares if the system QB signed in Tampa?" But I, 
I was completely wrong. And, uh, you know, and I said this before is I, I do think he's like the goat of goats. Um, yeah, man. And we'll never, and we'll never see anyone like him again. And if you watch any of those small documentaries, he had like a Facebook show. And I mean, he yep. just sees the amount of work he puts into his craft and perfecting it. Um, I mean, it's impressive. And I don't think I'm not in my lifetime. We'll see another quarterback or athlete like that. I mean, to me, it's the same like with LeBron too, right? Like these guys are just completely focused. Their entire lives are wrapped around what they do for a living, which is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, not to like name drop or anything like that, but I've had the opportunity to work with Tom twice out here in Doha, making a film together. The first time, the first time he came out for an NGO, and I was asked by um, the actually the princess of Qatar to do an Instagram takeover of her page and follow Tom and Giselle around Doha. And I was like, hell yes. And then uh, Tom came back. Um, He was here. He was just here for a visit. And I think he was actually here with his family on vacation. And she called me or her office called me and said, uh, you know, Tom's here and we want to do something with him. You know, he just had his seventh Super Bowl victory. And um, we have, we have like great museums and great investment in art out here. And they have a Richard Serra sculpture called seven. And they're like, do you think there's anything we can do to sort of, you know, make a connection and make a video? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, well, when do you want to do it? They're like tomorrow morning. I was like, well, let me write something real quick and showed up and Tom was there and super, super nice guy, like super easy to work with. Like that's awesome humble as anything and really like he's there with his son he's a great dad like I I really admire that about him and he uh he was nice enough to sign my daughter's onesie that she had a Tom Brady onesie from when she was a baby and uh, when I was talking to him I was like listen my daughter's you know she's almost three and in her lifetime already you've won two Super Bowls like that's fucking incredible and that is so he signed that up for her i was super happy about that we made the film together and um people from his camp reached out and they were very happy about it and you know i think hopefully i get the chance to work with them again it'd be very cool yeah i mean and i think that's a testament to you as an artist too right um and your professionalism and how you do your business too and i i mean that's awesome i i have a Another friend that he said the same thing that Tom and Giselle were super nice, you know, because I, I think I made a, a Instagram post on a personal account kind of ribbing him saying that Giselle surfed better than him. And my buddy was, <laughs> uh, and my buddy surfed pretty good um, for Amazing. only going to Costa Rica like once or twice a year, whatever they have their home there. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've heard similar things and that's always it's kind of refreshing to hear that these guys are human and they're nice and, he took the time to do that. I mean, your daughter's got quite the onesie collection, right? Doesn't she have a Mike Trout? Yep. Yeah, my dad uh, My dad is a well driller, a water well driller. And then right. he he got the, because we're from New Jersey, and actually we're not, we're not too far from Millville, where Trout grew up. And uh, my dad got the contract to drill a well for Mike Trout, and he uh, he was nice enough to, send back a little signed it was like a little jersey the thing is tiny it looks like a build-a-bear jersey you know what i mean like, right. and uh yeah mike signed that for my daughter and 
you know, I'm, I'm sort of like now I have no choice but to try and chase the goat baby collection. So I got to get it like either a Jordan or LeBron children's jersey signed. And uh, I don't know, I guess like Wayne Gretzky or, right. or something like that and complete the uh, complete I mean, the collection. It's pretty impressive what she has already. But uh, so do you put Mike Trout in the GOAT discussion? I mean, I think you have to. Um, do you? Without winning any championships. Yeah, because to be honest, like for me, I – I think, you know, obviously winning a championship is very important, but in a game like in, in a game like baseball where you you do not like one player does not dictate whether a team can make a run. Like in basketball, right. you have a LeBron, you can make a run. You have a Luka, right. you can make a run. You have a Dame Lillard, you can make a run. And I was wondering and, where you're gonna sneak Dame Lillard in. Yeah, but I had nicely done. Time, you know, Dame got it you gotta <laughs> I gotta yeah, Dame. I have such a soft spot for Dame. But anyway, I think like you know, baseball. You can't dictate the 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 trajectory of your team by being a superstar. Like, look at Griffey. Right. Like, look at you know. There's so many amazing players who did not win championships, and I think baseball is that kind of sport where, let's say you know, let's say Babe Ruth never won anything. You know, would people still talk about him? Absolutely. Would would people still talk about Mariano Rivera as the greatest closer of all time if the Yankees didn't win? Absolutely, because what he did at that position was the greatest ever. And I think right. Mike Trout is, you know, he's just like an exceptional talent. The dude is, he's got all the tools. Like, you know, we're growing up, like we... We witnessed the Maguire, Bonds, Sosa era where it was like people hammering home runs was everything. But those yeah. dudes weren't exceptional fielders. Right. I mean, if you remember correctly, they, you know, they lacked hustle a lot of time. And but Mike Trout, you know, this dude, he sacrifices his body. He goes up over the wall, and robs homers. He's, you know, he is the full package. And I think he's he's sort of the poster boy that that baseball needed, because I think baseball really still the it suffers man i think that you know it being a slow game and right you know people considering it the most boring sport and you know it's it's difficult to make new fans out of baseball i think it's really easy to make a new fan out of nba because it's exciting and non-stop same i feel the same about soccer like it's easy to make a new fan out of soccer because it's intense and it, you know how long it's going to be, you know, you're only locked in for a certain amount of time. And then, but baseball yeah, shit, I mean, you I could, think it can go seven hours. I think, I think it's interesting that, um, people in America find soccer to be so boring, but the rest of the world probably thinks baseball is the boringest, maybe one of the stupidest sports in the world. Right. Uh, Absolutely. So it's 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 an interesting thing that, like in soccer is. I, so I I I used to watch a lot of soccer. My a good friend of mine, a guy I grew up with, um, played on the national team. He got drafted when he was seventeen. So I when he played, I watched a ton of soccer. Um, I don't watch as much anymore. Like when the World Cup comes around, I'll watch. Um, yeah, you know the the FIFA tournaments and stuff. I'll watch. I don't have like a a team. Um, but, but yeah, I, it's very interesting. I, you know, like the thing to me is I, 
I just, I guess maybe I'm not into baseball as much. I'm by no means an expert in anything I talk about. And I've said that before, but I, I always feel like you got it like to be a goat though. I mean, don't you think you got to win at least one championship? I mean, I know what you're saying, like with, with Babe Ruth and, but like with Mariano Rivera, he was so good. Like he helped them win championships. You know what I mean? I, but I mean, I, I guess if you think about like, you know, is, is Carl Malone one of the, the greatest basketball players ever. I mean, the, so Carl Malone's a, a tough one because he's a piece of shit as a person. Well, right? yeah, that 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 so, aside, like he's a scumbag. But yeah, but, I mean, you know what? What's he like? You know, he's definitely in the top ten all-time scorers, right? You right. Know, and, yeah, as a power forward. And then the same can be said about you know, fuck. I mean, there are a lot of Dan Marino. Uh, so, you know, uh, Dan Marino, people get mad at me, but I'm always like, Dan Marino is the greatest loser of all time. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he, he never won anything. I think it's hard yeah. when you don't win. When you don't win. And I, but I think with Trout, the thing that I always see is people always compare his numbers to, coincidentally enough, is Pujols, right? Pujols. Yeah. And, you know, they have very similar numbers, and I think Albert's numbers are still better. Um, I mean, of course, he's been playing longer, but... Uh, so I think that's interesting that people always compare that with trout. Um, I I don't I don't get the trout thing, but I I do understand what you're saying. So like Griffey to me was like the best, but I think that was more sentimental for me as a kid. Like everybody loved Griffey. Yeah, but I mean, also like if you, I mean, like Bo Jackson, the best yep. sport player of all time. He never won anything. Nope, never won anything. And, I'm, and so I'm glad that ESPN does those uh, thirty for thirties because. No one would believe any of those stories about Bo Jackson either. Right. I mean, was so God. short. Growing up, like, watching Bo Jackson, like, I mean, the only person, and I think this is, like, a forgotten name a little bit, but, like, the only person that I remember in football at that time being as exciting and as electric was Christian Okoye. Yep. I mean, that dude... I mean, what a fucking talent. What a powerhouse. And, like, the speed from a big man like that, like, that was, I mean, that was exciting. That was seriously exciting football. And I miss that kind of stuff, too, because, you know, I think sports definitely have gotten soft. You know, I think with all the new rules rules in the NFL, all the flopping in the NBA, all the, like... I don't know, man. The dudes are in better shape. They're more muscular. That remember, like I remember watching dudes who were looked like they just rolled out of the fucking bar, like fat slobs <laughs> yeah. of athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and now you got these guys who are fucking sleeping in hyperbolic chambers, but they they want to roll around on the ground after like barely getting touched, and it's just like, well, man, I mean, that's... that becomes so soft. I, I mean, it's perfect segue. I mean, this week the meme is. Uh... LeBron, how he yep. got hit by Chris Paul, fell to the ground, rolled around, you know, and then that scuffle ensued. And I saw this video where LeBron gets up to where the scuffle is, then falls in the ground there and starts rolling yeah, around yeah, again. Oh my god, that was and, I, I, and, there's some amazing memes about that. The one about like Kevin Pillar takes a 94 mile an hour fastball yep, to the face yep. and he gets up 30 seconds later. LeBron gets poked in the eye. He's down for eighty seconds. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I no, I agree with you. It's the flopping. Uh, oh man, the the flopping is just ridiculous. I mean, there's some good yeah. flopping in soccer. I mean, soccer. 
that's I think that's also why people get annoyed with soccer and they don't give it the the time or respect is that like you got players like Neymar who are just like diving every chance they get they're not even touched and I mean that that side of the sport I really don't like but I think that the the worldwide reach of soccer is just so incredible and when you see the way it actually affects lives around the world like some of these soccer players man they were they were street kids you know from the favelas right. in Brazil and like from really bad situations and they dedicated their lives like Luis Suarez is a great example like dude came from nothing he was like a little street thief and then you know got into this camp played soccer became a world-class athlete then Barcelona said actually like you're too old you, you're done and they he moves on and he wins another championship elsewhere I think like wow. fucking amazing story although he's also slightly I wouldn't say a piece of shit, but he's definitely controversial. With his bite. <laughs> you know, he was biting people and stuff. Right. It's always, you know, it's always tough with athletes, right? I remember people hated Allen Iverson. And as a kid, I, I would always argue with people because they would say like, oh, he's a thug. He's a piece of shit. Um, he's a worthless human being, right? Talking about Allen Iverson. And I, and I don't always counter that with like, you don't know him at all. Like you're, you're yeah. it's like, it's like pure hate. Like people are just judging, like in Iverson's case, like I know he got arrested as a kid for the, um, the bowling alley fight, but it was like, people are just judging him on how he looks. Yeah. I mean, um, he was the first dude in the league that was covered in tattoos and, and he was super flashy and, you know, like, right, right. But, and his but style of yeah. game backed that up though. Like the dude, hundred percent class talent and, for me, I mean, obviously, as a you know, my home teams being you know from Philadelphia, the Sixers and Iverson, like, wow, dude, like that yep. was, I I think Iverson is the most underrated, under talked about player in any sport history. I think he right. was. I mean, if you had put him on in his prime, if you had put him on. You know, a dynasty type team, a Lakers type team. A oh, if he had, team. if he had any support at all, dude, you would. He would. There's no doubt he would be in the goat conversation. But uh, I think also right. like his prices in the hobby reflect that, like that people don't value him. And you can buy the sickest Allen Iverson cards by the handful for the same cost as like a Zion card. And hmm. I, I think that's a bit crazy. That is crazy, and and you know I. That I mean, that team that when they played Kobe and the Lakers, like I, I can name other players. I think most people even know on that team besides Allen Iverson. Um, uh, I mean, he, yeah, car- yeah, he the, carries the them hundred percent. Dikembe Mutombo. Right, but Man. I mean that. But Dikembe definitely that was not in his prime. You know what I mean? No, so. definitely not. Definitely. Not. I mean, we, what about Eric Snow, man? Everybody loves Eric Snow. Come on. Right, but you're you're a Sixers fan, right? So um, yeah, yeah, that's like Aaron McKee was on that team. Uh, you know, yeah. but yeah, but you're a Sixers fan, so it's different. Um, but I, the only reason I was bringing up the people calling him a piece of shit, so I just I just like I want to clarify for me, like when I said like Carl Malone, like it's it's like a well known thing that he done out first. He's a What's shit that? father. He's a, right. denying uh, his, his uh, leg- legitimate children and oh right. God. Right. So to me that's so to me it's safe to say like the dude's worthless, right? I don't care what he did sports wise. But 
I always like me personally, I always had a hard time when people say people are pieces. Not that you did. I'm just thinking. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when people judge these guys when we don't know anything about them, you know, and I, and I think for me, you know, Blake Bortles is a friend of mine and he was getting judged pretty heavily about his uh, Jacksonville beach activities. Um, right. And I think at a certain point, rightfully so, but he was a good guy and he cared a lot about football, no matter what anyone says, I, I saw firsthand, you know, um, so his, the biggest point in his career on whether he was going to be the Jags quarterback or not was uh, the draft when we drafted Fournette because everyone thought the Jags were going to draft the quarterback. And if they did draft the quarterback, that would, that would essentially put his career um, and time in Jacksonville to an end. So that night of the draft, so the biggest night of his career was my daughter's birthday. <clears throat> and she was like, hey, you think – you think Uncle Blake can come to dinner tonight? I said, well, I don't know. It's a draft. And, you know, at the time, she didn't understand what that meant. And I was like, yo, you know, Leilani wants you to come to dinner tonight. Or you he was like, absolutely, I will be there. Um, just tell me when and what time, and I'll, and I'll go. And to his credit, he came to dinner, and people okay. were, like, judging him for it, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah. he was there, you know, and he didn't care. And to me, I would have been like, no, nah, you know, tonight's kind of a big thing. I don't know if I could be there. And. So to me, even though he's my friend, I'll I'll be a Blake Bortles fan forever because you know what he did for my daughter that night. Um, he put that ahead of you know his own career that day, so which was huge. So it always bothered me when people would be like, "Oh, he sucks. He doesn't care." When, you know, when I knew differently because I actually know him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, no, I think that's really interesting. I think it's really interesting too when you have when you have actual relationships with with athletes or you know celebrities right. or whoever it may be, like when you really get to know that person, like you, you see one thing on TV, you see the headlines and shit, but it's like, like anything else, like, like the Kardashians, you know what I mean? Like right. they're under a microscope. Like I don't give a shit about them obviously, but you know, they, they're scrutinized over everything they do every moment yep. of their lives. Like, and you only really hear about the worst of the worst. Like you don't the hear worst about of the worst. if, you know, this person walks up and gives a homeless person money. Like, you're not going to hear about that. You're going right. to hear about when they stepped out of the house with no makeup on, looking fat, you know? <laughs> right. No, no. Or, I mean, I guess, and then with social media nowadays, I guess maybe it is e easier to judge. Like, when uh, when well, the Raiders signed Antonio Brown and that whole fiasco was kind of playing through the media, but then he was also given a glimpse of his psyche and where his head was at through his Instagram live and yeah. his post. So it was like, no, my man is off the rails. Like, yeah, yeah. He needs there's help. something. Yeah. There's something not right going on with that situation, which is sad, but at the same time, it's like, dude, what is going on? Um, yeah. You got everything going for you and you're just kind of self imploding. So yeah. Some of these guys don't do anything to help themselves either. Like AB definitely no. didn't do anything to help himself at that time. But I think, you know, like, the, the relationship with Brady, I think, fucking saved him. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. I mean, and you saw it because he followed him right yeah. right in New England and then followed him right to Tampa, too. So, yeah, yeah sometimes those guys he don't was get out of their own too, way. He was his roommate. Oh, really? Yeah, Brady sort of took him under his wing. and was like, look, let's, let's room together. Let's be roommates and make sure that you're in a good place, you know? And I think... right. Oh man, you just said Albert Pujols, and he just roped one into the corner. I'm watching the uh, Dodgers uh, Astros game. Oh yeah, did uh, 
I don't know if the Yankees played tonight, but I know they were like a game or two games back from first place, which is super impressive since uh, everyone thought our season imploded the first two or three weeks. So. Oh, well, man, you got Judge going nuts, Stanton going nuts. Like, I don't think man, starting to click. I'm glad Stan's doing something, and I've been saying it for years. Um, I, I would like Aaron Judge to go ahead and just move the first base and take him out of the outfield and just – let him yeah. catch balls at first and, and hit home runs. Like, he doesn't need to be in the outfield. That I don't understand at yeah, all. Yeah, that dude, I mean, he's he's such a massive man, like, running and right. diving all the time. Like, he he's not durable, that's for sure. He's, right. He's a bit glassy. <laughs> God, he cannot hit a slider to save his life. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. But, hey, uh, we've been on for, like, an hour and a half. Um, nice. I'm, it's been – great conversation i think we kind of went all over the place which is a good thing in my eyes i i don't want this podcast to be um just information heavy and topic specific i just want it like it has been a good conversation i think uh and it has been is there anything you want to talk about or anything you want to hit on no man it's been really cool i I appreciate it and i think that I love that uh, neither of us are acting like we're experts on the subjects, you know? Oh, no. And I think that that's the, for me, when I listen to podcasts about, like, the hobby, you know, quote-unquote, the hobby. It's like everybody knows everything, and, like, it's all information-heavy and talking about print runs and fucking new releases and this and that, like, whatever. It's just the... Hopefully, people find it entertaining to listen to this. But <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, and if they don't, I'm okay with that too. Because, like I said, I just like having the conversation with my friends, and so far, that's what it's been. Um, I think when you talk about the hobby and all these fucking quote unquote experts and stat guys, and like I appreciate the stat guys. There's a couple of them. I think it's Rocky Mountain Cards. I follow him because he does a great job oh, with yeah, the baseball yeah. stats. Um, yeah, but he's a good friend. I love that guy. I think I think um, at the end of the day, though, if you listen to the podcast, I, I'm not an expert, like you said, but if you hone in on what you like, there's definitely ways for you to grow. And this is what I'm more interested in is like growing your collection or your PC and getting those cards you want, even if you start at the bottom, bottom of the ladder rung and you work your way to the top, it's possible. And if you listen to things that Brandon said, Bobby said, maybe not so much what you and I said, because I think <laughs> you, you and I did it kind of ass backwards, and then here we are. But, you know. Yeah. But I think it we get it now, is. though. That's the good thing. Yeah. I think we, we get it now. And I think when I right. get home again in uh, July, I'll, uh, I'll post some new stuff up, and I think it'll be clear that I've focused a little bit more. <laughs> right. And I and I do have a – I don't know if I mailed it to you. I need to check. I, I have a Reese Hoskins rookie PSA 10. I'm sure you have – 500 of them but i did buy it just for you a while ago but okay well i'll I'll definitely send you something that you'll like in exchange i have uh i'm sure i have plenty in the mountain waiting so i you actually do owe me one thing and i thought about it tonight was uh it was a phil hughes autograph card that you had i never got it maybe got lost in the mail but that's the one i owe you from you to me you got it (laughs) I'll, even if I don't have it, I will make sure you get one. That's, you got so, one word. But hey, I, I look forward to you coming home. Um, if, if, yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to go because I'm actually in this weird work bubble right now. Um, yeah. But if not, if the world keeps opening back up from this weird sci-fi movie, maybe World Cup, I'll have to. 
I've never been to the Middle East. Maybe that'll be a trip right, I yeah. take my wife on, and we'll go Please. to the World Cup and, and come see you. Yeah, so, man. We'll show you around. We'll show you a good time for sure. Well, I, I hope so, because I'll probably have to stay with you, because I imagine uh, you, it's not cheap, cheap over listen, there. Listen, you're, uh, you're always welcome here, man, anytime you want. And I, Yeah, it sounds good. I'm, I'm actually going to start planning that. So, But, hey, I... I 100% appreciate you coming on. Um, it was a good talk, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Cool. Thanks, Don. Take care. Man. Thanks, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments send me a message let me know what you're thinking about what you want to talk about and if you want to be a guest on the show i answer all my dms i think it's weird when people don't that's another story for another day again thank you for listening i appreciate the support and all the love peace